so blessed and delighted. What a very special treat it is to have with, with us, brother and sister David Bryan, who are no stranger. Amen. Who are no stranger. We love them dearly, and uh, they came and preached in October at Grace Point Church, and come, they've come back in December to preach at Tree of Life Church, and it's the same building, the same place, and the same people. Amen. I love it. Amen. I love it. And uh, we're so thankful that they are here today, and it was not, well, I say not long ago, but it, it's been over six years, uh, Brother Brian, that we were... Uh, that we were right here on this platform, just around this location, where he and Pastor Tom Ellis and myself uh, felt led of the Lord to wash one another's feet at what was the first one service. And uh, what a mighty thing God did on that night and in the years to follow. Amen. Amen. Pastor Brian and Pastor Sizemore were both very instrumental in bringing about uh, the one service and the wonderful things that followed thereafter, really setting the stage for the beautiful unity that we feel in our city. And we thank God. Behold how good. <laughs> That's a great word. How good. And, and another great word, how pleasant. Praise God. It is for brethren to dwell together in unity. And we, we love uh, Pastor and Sister Brian, and we want them to come and to bring to you the word of the Lord this morning. We're delighted that they are here. They have a special word from the Lord, always a prophetic word and a powerful and anointed ministry of God for us. Let's receive them with a great big hand clap. God bless you this morning. Come on, clap your hands to the Lord. Somebody shout to the Lord and let's just take a moment. Thank you, Pastor Urshan, my friend, your family. I so appreciate the invitation and uh, just appreciate the, the family, the friendship, Pastor Sizemore, my, my good friend. Got a lot of family here and uh, so, so grateful to be back, back to the house. I mean, you have to take it to the house, right? So just so thankful to be again in the presence of the Lord and what the Lord is doing here is absolutely wonderful. My Family, uh, we are just so honored to be a part and to be in the house today. And great to feel the Lord here, feel Him working. There's a lot of church going on across the country today. Unfortunately, not all of them invite the Lord in, so that makes for interesting operation. But thankfully, we're in a place where He has... He has definitely been welcomed, and I am just so grateful. I was thinking, I love to study uh, a lot of things, but one of them is music, old hymns, and what have you. And the study of them makes it sound like I was just raised in church and had just been a part of it forever. And a lot of times, uh, I'll run across an old hymn that even some of the praying mamas had forgotten about. Oh, you have to resurrect them from time to time. And uh, the other day, 
And I remember uh, learning this in, in a little old church on the south side of the tracks in, in Chattanooga. And uh, I remember a couple of the deacons that impressed me a little bit. One of them would get up and, and testify, which means sing. Or even if you're talking, you're still singing. All you have to do is put a little well between it and you're, you're there. But uh, this particular song, he would say, uh, I heard the breakers dashing. I've seen the lightning roll. I've felt sin's breakers dashing, trying to steal my soul. Then I heard, I heard the voice of Jesus telling me still to fight on. He promised never to leave me, no, never, never to leave me alone. Y'all, anybody remember that song? No, never alone. couple if you don't mind. Matthew 6, verse 9. When you pray, pray like this. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's, that's it right there. On earth 
as it is in heaven. Not it's one day coming, but on earth as it is. Let me tell you, hell is scared to death on earth as it is in heaven. Thank you, Lord, for this great people, the great worship, the great leadership, this opportunity. We ask you, Lord, have your way in this house. Touch thy servant to speak according to your will. I take authority over every spirit, every mentality, every idea that would rest against the will of God or the operation of God in this house or anyone's life. Lord, we release you to work in Jesus' name. Somebody shout to the Lord one more time. Come on, let's make hell nervous. We're finna have church in here. My, my. Ooh, I like that. That was a good run right there. Woo! Wow, 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 wow. Mm-hmm. Sit down for a second, anyhow. One of the most bold audacious moves ever recorded in universal history. God Almighty would come and dwell among folk like you and I. What a daring thing to do. Walked among us. Divinity intersected humanity. Eternal subjected itself to temporary. To bridge this great divide Created by the adversary of the soul who worked from the beginning to try to separate or isolate us from the presence of God. But he came to me all to declare, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I think hell has miscalculated the church of right now. And that is that one day Jesus is coming. I got news for you. A second coming's coming, but I've got him on the inside, working on the outside. And one old timer said, Jesus is here right now. Just reach out and touch him. But he'll work to try to separate creator from created. And this great chasm, this great span, this is why the foundations of God's purpose eternally was to rescue and reconnect and to help us to understand we are not alone. He said it from the beginning of creation. It is not good for mankind to be left unanchored. It is not good for mankind to be isolated. Do not misinterpret the season that the church has just come out of of physical isolation. It is a manifestation of supernatural activity where hell is trying to get us to feel like somehow we have been left to ourselves. But Jesus, the foundation of his teaching here in Matthew chapter 9, the true not only art of prayer, but of prophetic utterance and declaration, an act of communication that declares very much like the Declaration of Independence does for the United States. It creates a pattern, but it establishes an order. It communicates an outcome. We are no longer foreigners. We are no longer separated from him, but we are residents of his kingdom and his power. 
God is with us in this season of remembering Emmanuel. We ought to start acting like Emmanuel. We ought to start walking like and believing like that God has never left us alone. Not for one moment. They talk in biblical history in the study of the unfolding of God's work among humanity about the dark ages. Dark means you can't see, but it doesn't mean there was nothing to be seen. He never ceased from being God. He never ceased from walking among us. We just had ignorant moments in and of ourselves. But Jesus spoke through the prophet Jeremiah and said, am I not a God that is close by at hand? Am I a God somewhere off out in the distance somewhere? Says the Lord, don't I fill currently both the heavens and the earth? Never. He promised to never leave me alone. This church body, this church corporately is about to walk into a season. And the Holy Ghost said, you have chosen to be my people. I've chosen to be your God. And I will show myself mightily in this season. Here we are. In the tabernacle of God, the house of God, the gate of heaven, Beth El, where divinity touched down with humanity like the night old Jacob, old wrestling Jacob, found himself there alone, he thought. The Bible said he awoke from his sleep. That lets the reader understand he had his own issues that were eating him up. And he fell asleep there. He looked for, we call him down yonder, a pillar. Uh, the Bible called it a pillar. That's what they say in Alabama, a pillar. He looked for a pillar and God said, there ain't no pillars here. Don't look for comfort. The closest you're going to get is a stone. I don't want you to miss the moment. But see, we're creatures of comfort. We want to feel good about every little thing that's going. We want it to pass our threshold of approval. And we want to make sure that God understands. Look, you can do whatever you want to as long as I agree with it. Just, oh, y'all, I didn't get any amens on that. A couple of oh my. Okay. But God, there with Jacob at an intersection where heaven met earth. But Jacob was so lost in himself, so absorbed in his issue, he thought he was by himself. When the morning sun broke and he recollected a vision that he thought he saw of a ladder that reached from the heavens and touched down on the earth. And as he was recollecting, he said, my God, there were angels moving up and down on that ladder, significant of supernatural activity. And when he came to himself, after he got over all of his issues and all of his thinking, he said, God was here and I thought I was all by myself. God was here and I missed it. Some of y'all wonder, how would God in Genesis chapter 28 there, how would Jacob have the, 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 the guts enough to wrestle with God Almighty and prevail over him? I don't have enough guts hardly to talk to him for no man can see God and live. But Jacob said, I ain't letting you go until you bless me. Wow, where does a guy get stuff like that? Because Jacob said, I missed it the first time and thought I was by myself. But I ain't letting go until the blessing blesses me. I ain't letting go. I am not alone. Oh, I wish. 
I wish I could get somebody just to shout to the Lord. Never am I not a God close to you. Did you think I would leave you? Did you think I would just throw you out somewhere in the middle of this crooked, crazy world in which we live? That people have come completely unhinged, misdirected emotions, miscalculated spirituality. But these are all symptoms, overflow of a generation who thinks God has left them. They think God has left them. And people do dumb things when they think God's not looking. People degenerate to foolery when they think they've been left all by themselves. Come on, let me tell you a little story about Moses going up on the mountain. He didn't give the Israel, the children of Israel his schedule and say, I'll be back. He went up to the mountain while spirituality was up to the mountain. Meet with God face to face. Aaron and those that were supposed to maintain priesthood end up dancing naked around the cow. Complete degenerated. to I just cannot think of a better way to say it than complete stupidity. But they thought they were by themselves. So they said, he delays his coming. We're not sure if he's coming back. Those leaders don't really know what they're doing. They're just human, just like the rest of it. He doesn't know. And he didn't give me a schedule. Therefore, I'm just going to make up my own thing. And people start doing really dumb things and thinking really dumb things when they feel like they're alone. They were a generation convinced that God had left them. Read it. They whine and complain. He left us out here to die. Gloom, despair, agony on me. Deep, dark depression. Excessive misery. Yes, I'll write a song. If I had my banjo, I would. <laughs> He's gone. He has separated himself from us. People wonder, what, what, how did all this craziness unfold over the last little while? Because we are in the middle of a generation that thinks. Listen, the apostle Peter said, in the time of the end, mockers and scoffers will arise and say, where's that God you said was coming after you? Coincidental? Not in the least bit whatsoever. It's the voice of the adversary. So where's he at now? Well, I'll tell you where he's at. He may be a ram in a thicket. And he may be on the left or the right. But I can promise you, he has never left me. <laughs> Somebody ought to thank him. Never. Never. Didn't he say it? I will never. I will never. You could make your bed in hell. I will never. You could ascend to the utmost heights. I will never. Whither can a man flee from my presence? Even all the way into Revelation. Cry for the mountains to fall on us. We've got nothing. He said, you can do it, but you'll never get away from me. I 
I've got you fixed. You're the apple of my eye. I've got you anchored into my hand. You are never alone. Oh, I feel him trying to get loose in this house. But there's people that get stuck in that old mechanical mentality. What, what the Old Testament, the mechanical thinking, sacrificial thinking, and put themselves at a distance from God simply because they have thought they had it all figured out. Now, we are the most educated generation that has existed since humankind has documented history. I can't think of a more plain way to say this either. But I have never met so many ignorant people for all the education that we have. We, we, we have figured God completely out of the equation. You see, that old religious thinking, that old, I've got it all, we have Abraham to our fathers thinking. Amazingly enough, these are the same people who cried out and said, Why did you leave us? Where are you now? Isaiah said, At best we can figure our iniquities have separated us from God. And God said, your sins have hid my face from you. That's all. I haven't gone anywhere. But sin has diluted your vision. It has hampered your ability to see and understand. One psalmist cried, and mind you, that the psalmist was a religious fella. And said, God, why are you so far away from me? Why do you stand so far off? Isaiah spoke on behalf of his generation and said, we looked for salvation. But it was unattainable. Attainable to us. Even the book of Hebrews chapter 11 records. Our forefathers having to pursue him from afar off. Because they thought he had left them. See Philip there. Having conversation with Rabbi. Show me the father. Anchor me into my history. Prove where he is. And it will be sufficient to me. Philip. I've been three feet for you for 15 minutes talking. I've walked with you for three years. You see me raise dead and walk on water. Am I this close to you and you still don't get it? You are not alone. It may be the midnight hour in your miracle. You may have a bad report. But I was sent in this pulpit by the Holy Ghost today to let you know God saw that doctor's report before he ever wrote it out. God heard the judge's gavel hit the desk long before the judgment ever was. Are y'all hearing me? I am never alone. I wish I could get some church folk to shout to the Lord for just a moment and thank him. It's sad. People can get so caught up in their own thinking. <laughs> it gets quiet when I start talking about that. That's entertaining from this vantage point. Their own shame. Their own guilt. Their own ideologies. And they can get so separated from God. And the whole time... <laughs> 
The world is crying out for a miracle, a wonder worker. But we let our junk get in the way. Jesus told of a man, a righteous man, a religious man, standing in the temple praying afar off. Amazing. We can get so caught up in our traditions, it starts separating us. Hello? Hello, church folk. We can get so caught up in doing what Meemaw did that we forget to connect with what Jesus said. We get so happy about, well, this is the way we've always done it. God said, that's great, uh, but behold, I do a new thing, saith the Lord. <laughs> Somebody just shout it with me. Never, Never. alone. You need to tell your adversary, I got him right here with me right now. You better look out. He's fixing to put a whooping on you. He's with me. He has never left me. He has never left me. He's with me. Solomon, rejected by his kinfolk. Solomon, left isolated after everybody said, well, he's the favorite child. Solomon said, I was my father's son. I was the adulterer's son. I was the murderer's son. I was the forgiven son. I was the anointed one's son. I was my father's son. Solomon, you ain't doing so well yourself. Why would you say that? Because I need to anchor myself to the bloodline. I was my father's son. Why would you do that? Because I have some brothers like Absalom, for example, who thought he could figure it out by himself and disconnected himself and thought he was alone. And he went and hung himself up in a big mess. Then I've got other brothers who came to ruin because simply they were disconnected from the root line. Hear me? I was my father's son. Later on in the same chapter of the book of Proverbs chapter 4 you not only hear him declare I was my father's son but you hear him cite the inheritance that he receives. The promotion the blessing, the ornament of grace, the crown of glory the years of strength, the straightening of pathway, the running without stumbling. All a blessing that come from the Davidic line all the blessings that come from the line from which Messiah would come. And hear me, Messiah didn't come from a lonely line. He came from a connected line. He came from a divine line. Never, he said, I will never let my Holy One to see corruption. I will never. But then why did he cry on the cross? My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Why? Because that was the word of his people. That was the word of his generation. Written long before he hung there on an old rugged cross. It was the cry of the sinful mankind. Why have you left me? Oh, I haven't left you. Paul taught it very well to the church at Galatia. We were children under bondage to the elements of this world. The ideas of this world. The thinking of this world. But when the fullness of time was come. 
God sent forth his son, made to a woman under the law. Are you hearing me? So that we could receive the adoption of sons or rather be introduced to divine adoption process. Now, in Judaism, because of the covenant, there was no such thing as what we would call modern day adoption. As long as you were under covenant, you were considered kinfolk with the rest of them. The idea of adoption or being separated really was not introduced until the Hellenistic time when the Greeks and the big thinkers and the counselors and the philosophers came in and convinced people that they were gods unto themselves and that some great idea of some god somewhere is at a distance. So they had to create connection or the adoption process that would bring them into Families, so they said. But the psalmist a long time ago said, He sets solitary folk into families. What was he doing? He was prophesying to a time where people would be convinced they were left all in of themselves. In Judaism, there's no adoption process because as long as you're under covenant, you are a child. And that's what Solomon was saying. I am my father's son. I may mess up. I may take a wrong turn. But I am not alone. I've got it in my blood. I've got it in my hands. I've got it in my feet. I've got it among my kinfolk. I'm not alone. First John chapter 3. Beloved, now. Beloved, now are we the sons of God. Heirs, offspring of his. Sons and daughters of God. It may not be apparent to you, but when he comes, it'll be apparent then. You'll know him because you'll be like him. I'm not alone. I've got him with me. I've got him in me. In the dark, oh God. In the dark hours of my life, when I felt like everybody had walked away, I had the psalmist when he said, Yay, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou anointest my head with all. Thou preparest a table for me in the presence of my... I'm not alone. He's fighting for me. He's with me. The angel of the Lord and caps around them who trust in him. I feel something trying to get loose in here right now. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, oh, oh, oh. Uh, Oh, God, help me. The Sanhedrin, they back Stephen in a corner. And they get him. He's one of them. Stone him for heresy. They start throwing the stones. Saul there. Not far off notice. Stephen's vision is fixed on something. Or someone. 
And he's looking off into the, and so they stop for a moment, long enough for the conversation to be recorded. As they're, as they're dealing these death blows. Stephen, what you looking at? Uh-huh. <laughs> I see Jesus. And now, <laughs> he's prophesying of a generation. Because in other times, when his glory is declared, he's sitting down. Which means a finished work. A satisfied lordship. And all. But on this day, Stephen said, hey y'all. I'm looking at daddy, and he's standing up. Wait a minute. Who are you looking at? Oh, I ain't alone. He's looking into my generation. And I heard one old songwriter said, you can kill this old body and lay it down in the cold, cold clay. I got one thing you cannot take away. I am not alone. He is with me in the midst of persecution. He is with me in the midst of my trial. Hear me now. Beloved, now are you the children of God. It may not be apparent, but when you see him. You'll be like him. Everyone that has this hope purifies themselves. From what? Purified from what? From the mentality of the world. That thinking that somehow we are not sons. But we're stepkids. Left somewhere. Do you, are you, are, is this okay? Because I've gone too far to change messages now. Remember, this is Paul talking. I forgot to check my time, so please. Uh, that's a great excuse, though, isn't it? Uh, remember, you were formerly Gentiles, uncircumcised, foreigners. Remember, you were separate from Christ in your thinking, excluded from the commonwealth of Israel, strangers to the covenants and promise, having no hope without God. In this present world. That was the plan of the enemy. Enemy did not plan on the next line however. But now. In Christ Jesus. Those of you who at one time alone. And far off. Have now been brought close. By the blood of Christ. For he himself had become our peace. And has made two dimensions. Into one dimension. And has broken down the barrier of division. By the blood. Thank God for the blood. Woo. <laughs> I'm not alone. I'm not alone. He's with me. He's with A lot of times... This might just be a personal thing, so y'all pray for my strength, okay? Uh, a lot of times, I, we had an intern student. we take them and have them travel with us and do ministry with us for the summertime. And uh, we were fixing to do a ministry event, and I was giving him a few minutes to speak. He said, I'm so nervous, I can hardly stand up. He said, when will that go away? Uh, you're in the wrong class. I don't know when that goes away. I mean, God, here's how he does. He puts introverts in front of thousands of people. Okay. He's like, oh, you're introverted. You're socially awkward. Perfect. I need you to go speak to 100,000 people. That's awesome. And shake hands with all of them. 
And, uh, but he does this thing where I need him. And he's like, this is perfect. This is perfect. I don't have it figured out. Excellent. Excellent. And uh, he will send help to me. He will. And he will literally, I'll be in a hotel and they'll ask me to preach. Listen, I was single. They're asking me to preach married conferences and men's conferences. I get married and they're asking me to preach singles conferences and just all ladies, just everything you can think of. Like, who does that? And uh, we want you to, I was at a meeting one time and it was a, uh, what you call a prophetic. It was a deep meeting. I had just traveled seven hours, ornery as I can be. People driving stupid and whatever. Walk into the meeting and get in the back and like, good God, I could find you a bunch of people that need Jesus right now. I sit down in the back and the facilitator of the meeting, Brother Brian, do you have a word from the Lord right now? I have a word. We can't say it here, but I have a word. A few of them. But I just, I looked at him. And I said, uh, I'm not right now. Thank you. Thank you. So one time, oh, this is okay. Uh, so one time, like this, I'm at a meeting, and one of our dear brothers is there. And Brother Mark Morgan, he, he does okay. I mean, he can take care of himself. I was having issues. Surprise, surprise. And I went in the meeting fussing the whole way, even was telling my wife, I ain't going to that meeting, my Lord. They're going to sit there for three hours and wear people out. Go to the meeting, David Bryan. Go to the meeting, she's telling me. And uh, I get to the meeting, and there's a bishop sitting across the aisle. And I thought, okay, okay. He's gifted and all that good stuff. Well, Lord, you better put a word on him right now. And if he's got all that stuff going on, you send him over to me. And, and the Lord was like, you are a punk. And, uh, and the power of God starts moving. And the Spirit of the Lord walks up to me and like he just gets a hold of me. He says, let me tell you something, boy. You are not alone. And he put a word in my mouth. He said, you walk over to Mark Morgan and you tell him, thus saith the Lord. Excuse me, uh, hello. He said, you go over to him and you tell him I said, so, I got nothing to lose. Because I'm, I'm going to get kicked out one way or the other. So let's take the high road. I went over, I opened my mouth and the power of the Lord just poured through me. And he does this to me because I need it, okay? He does, and he will sit by me in the hotel room and he will send a helping angel. And it will, it will sit next to me and it will talk to me and it will dictate what God wanted to say and it will impart upon me literally I don't have a clue what to say and, and it literally will stand there with me and minister to me and let me know here's the direction here's what you're going to do and here's how it's going to unfold and so I can walk into a building like this and know there is a myriad of needs and frustrations and desperations for counsel or whatever and that angel of the Lord those gifted ministers of God that camp around them that trust him moving in the house reminding swaying to the rhythm if you please
he's divine saying you are not alone he told you and reminded you to let you know your help is coming your help is in this house the gift you've been praying about the situation your counselor is in this room Oh, somebody just reach your hands into the heavens. God, God, I'm I'm bringing it in. Uh. Apostles preaching, the spirit had fallen. The intellects are standing by. They're watching. 120 societal misfits be empowered from another dimension. Peter gets up, staggering maybe. Men and brethren, you can't get this drunk at this time of the morning. But this is rather what Joel talked about. He said he'd never leave us. He's with us. And I bet you'll find him if you just feel after him. You'll find out he's not far from any one of us. How, how, how close is he, preacher? I thought you'd ask, how close is he? Well, uh, first let's do a little astrophysics. He uh, threw the universe into order. And uh, our particular solar system, as it sits to the nearest star, the size of the sun around which the earth revolves, or at least last time we checked, they probably have changed that too, but whatever. And uh, the nearest star, Alpha Centauri, they said you could get there in several, several years if you travel at the speed of light, now that would hurt. But it would take several, several, several years to get to the nearest star traveling at least at the speed of light, which is humanly not possible. Take you that long. Oh, John, they put him on Patmos. And uh, they said, you alone, Bubba. Put him on Patmos because isolation does funky things to people. And make him feel like his God has left him. John said, put me there. But you can't change my calendar. And today is Sabbath day. And so John said, I'll tell you what. You leave me to who I am and what I am on Patmos. But John said, I got in the spirit on the Lord's day. And I heard a voice. Behind me. That means wise counsel saying, come up higher and let me show you something. Come to a revelatory state and let me impart some things unto you. And the next line is, and immediately. Now, 
Some biblical scholars say, oh, John talked about the new Jerusalem coming down from heaven, and it will take millennia. This is how time has been divided throughout history and the great uh, dispensations of time. It is Jerusalem coming down, so we're waiting on new Jerusalem. But John said, I'll tell you how close he is. I got in the Holy Ghost, and it was a matter of less than the speed of light timing. I was in the presence of God Almighty. I was in the throne room. I had bypassed the new Jerusalem. I was in the courts of the king. I'm not by myself. He's excessive. You want to know how close he is? Where two or three of you are gathered together in my name, I am right there in the midst of them. I hadn't left you alone. Just gather with your brother. Just gather with your sister. And no, I had not left you alone. Let me tell you, we are never more like Christ on two levels. One when we're suffering and two when we're united. And God said, I brought you through a season of suffering. I'm going to bring you together for a manifestation of my presence. And they're going to find out God is with us. I am not alone. Oh, come on, somebody. Give him praise. Immediately. Woo! Immediately. Oh, we complicate that mess. I'm not alone. He's with me. Right now. He's with his people. Right now. And you... Can you feel that? I can see it. I, I can literally see it unfolding right now. Oh, God is good. <laughs> Wave your hands to him. <laughs> Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Woo. On earth as it is in heaven. Brother Maddox, as it is in heaven. Like right now. He hadn't left me. He has it's Washington. He has not left me. He had not left your family. He's talking to him right now. Some of y'all, oh yeah. Some of y'all like, eh, not bad. We were, my wife and I were sitting, stand up. It's not fair for me to have to stand and you to sit down. Stand up. We're fixing the clothes. We're fixing the clothes. And uh, we're at the, we were at the preacher's house after this conference. We're talking. And the, one of the pastors said, his wife, was talking about the goodness of the Lord. And uh, we're at the dining room table. And his wife said, if you would pray for my brother. He plays major league baseball, such and such, so and so. And he's a backslider, and uh, he's just so far from God. Okay, we will pray. And that was one of those things, like put a pin in that, we'll get to it over the next few days, right? And 
I was prompted. I said, I'll tell you what, right now. Because it was just a moment. I felt the nearness of God, and he had sent a messenger. So I thought, well, if we're going to play like that. So we started praying. And I said, the Lord has sent a ministering angel here. Where's your brother live? Three blocks right that way. Right that way, you say. Well, I declare. So we, uh, let's stretch our hands. So I asked the, the people to say, let's stretch our hand that way. In the name of the Lord right now. You let him know he's not alone. It was way into the midnight hours. We were fellowshipping like some, we, you know, how we talk for three in the morning, whatever it was, one of those. And three o'clock in the morning, we prayed and you could feel. We get to the service the next day. Guess who showed up? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I'm, he was all cracked out. He had been lost in all this stuff. And uh, he came to service next day. He looked awful. But he came to the service. And he came. He met me. Brother Brian, good to meet you. And he said, can I say something? Oh, man, by all means, man, it's great to meet you. Let's talk for a little bit. He said, at 3 o'clock in the morning. I've never had this happen. But he said, something walked into my room. And said, I have never left you. I have a feeling that same minister in power is in this house right now. And I could feel the shallow footfall of a man who walked on the water walking in this house right now. I can feel him in this house. He's here and he has never left us. With your hands lifted. I know you need it. You don't have to wait. Get out of your seat. You come in this altar right now. Run up to this altar and say, God, I, I, have, I have been so disconnected at some point, but I can feel you anchoring me in right now. Anchoring me into the Holy of Holies. You are with us. This is a season, not just a Christmas season of Emmanuel, but God said, I'm going to reveal to the word, the world, I am with my people. I am with my sons and daughters. <laughs> he wants to work a miracle right now. He wants to work a miracle right I'm talking a miracle. Something that would take months or years to fix. He wants to fix it like right now. <laughs> if you're one of them, just come up in this altar area. Get a hold of somebody. And get them up to the altar area. Say, Lord, here I am. Here we are. You've never left us. Need a rescuer. Need a help. It's all right. Let's take the next several moments. Get with somebody. Pastoral ministry team members, altar workers, would you help us for a moment? Would you just get with somebody? Maybe you're sitting next to somebody in the balcony. Maybe you're sitting next to somebody. You need to just touch them. You need to let them know you're not alone. Where two or three agree as touching anything. There, there's release right there. 
There's release right there. I can feel it happening right now. I can feel miraculous breaking through right now. 